Hello and welcome to another big UC News show. Today I'm joined by Evan Kerstell and Melissa Schwartz. Welcome to the show. How are you both? Great. Live, live in the dream. Live in the dream. Fantastic. So we are at the end of a two-week run of uh, a fairly intensive event cycle. So it's a bit of a, 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 a shortened uh, version this week. Um, but I do want to get into um, two big uh, news stories that have happened over the last two weeks, one being Infocom and what we've learned from the AV market, the other being Avaya Engage. Avaya's coming out party, they are back. Um, but let's start with Infocom. Um, I was there myself, and there's a bit of an eye-opener for me. It was the first time I'd been along to that uh, show, uh, predominantly an AV show, and it was really meeting technology galore everywhere. You could not walk through those halls without bumping into a room bar or um, other various types of meeting room technology. Um, for me, the interest there was around uh, not necessarily the technology of the, the video bars, but just that in-room experience that we're really seeing uh, companies focus on now. Um, you know, whether that's from a audio perspective or a video perspective, that seems to be where companies are really directing their attention. Um, but so Evan, I'm going to come to you first. Um, first of all, I mean, what do in-room experiences mean to you right now? And what, what are you sort of seeing and learning from the AV market? Well, it's, it's a really fascinating uh, evolution. We've gone from uh, work from home to all hybrid all the time. So I think the whole industry has shifted to focusing on the importance of hybrid meetings as, you know, businesses look to accommodate in-person and remote participants without them sort of being left out of the uh, discussion as they have been traditionally. And, you know, AV solutions need now to support you know, seamlessly those kind of hybrid meetings. Um, and it, flexibility has become the new mantra, I think. It's not, you know, work from home or in office. It's, you know, work from anywhere. Um, and that meetings need to be sort of easily configurable to any, any type of experience. And the focus now is on that employee experience, that user experience, you call it UX or UI, you know, we just, we, we don't have tolerance for difficult, hard to use meeting technology anymore. Our standards have been raised, I think, through the pandemic. So that ease of use is, is really important. And, you know, the whole idea of design thinking when it comes to meeting spaces has has come to the fore. You know, it's really about creating a meeting space that's conducive to collaboration and productivity. You know, we got used to being in our living rooms and our cocoons and having our space and our lighting and our sound the way we wanted it. And we got pretty good, uh, many of us, at working from home. But now when we go in the office, we, we don't want a sea of cubes anymore. And, uh, we want good lighting, we want a comfortable environment, we want temperature control, we want you know comfortable seating, we want cameras that make us look uh, uh, better, we want you know a distraction-free environment, and we really want to get down to business and and not faff about. I think you say that in the UK, right? Faff about. 
We we definitely yeah. use the word faff. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we don't faff about with the meeting technology for for ten minutes before getting down to business. So, I think net net is you know all of the vendors were focused on that kind of new hybrid work experience. Logitech was really interesting. They had this thing called Project Ghost. I'm looking at some pictures of it now. It's sort of the coolest thing I've seen in a while. It's sort of a Star Trek like you know, sort of presence huddle space, you know, with truly immersive and collaborative uh, communication opportunities, incredible video. I think it's a collaboration between Logitech and Steelcase. So lots of thought going now into design and aesthetics and things that we didn't really care about maybe uh, some time ago. Yes, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. And the other side of that conversation that I'm seeing a lot more of is around uh, the meeting room and sort of device management as well. Some of those management platforms uh, are providing some really fascinating data back to businesses. And, you know, we've all come out of the pandemic phase and we're, we're all hyper focused on being efficient. Right. And uh, I'm not, we're now seeing this in, uh, in back to the office kind of trend where people are, are measuring the utilization of those of those rooms as well, you know. Are three people using a room that is can equip, you know, 10 or 20 people? Is that an efficient use of that space? Um, and that, that, of course, that also folds into that um, sort of deskless, uh, hot desking kind of an environment we're also seeing. Um, and Melissa, what I mean, from you, you have some sort of clients in this space. What, what are you picking up from your clients in, in this realm as well? Well, I'm seeing them actually decide on a technology and implement it organization-wide so that there's simplicity for the users. It's like it's the same no matter what room you go to. And uh, in the past, I've seen a lot of hybrid sort of, you know, a little of this, a little of that. And, uh, and funding really wasn't available to do a blanket upgrade on everything. And I'm actually seeing that now, where, where there's a real effort on the part of the organization to standardize, again, for that user experience that you're talking about, to just make it easier. So um, I'm not seeing the standardizing on the same stuff, but uh, I am seeing people actually really put some focus into meeting technology. Yeah, absolutely. So um, shall we move on to our next topic? Um, the big one this week, Avaya's uh, a big customer event, Avaya Engage. Melissa, I know you were there in person. Um, yeah, this this is a... This is one we've all been waiting for for some time. See, Alan Mazarak, CEO at Avaya, he's been in the chair now, must be coming up to a year or so. Um, he's made a lot of the tough decisions that have needed to be made to this point. Um, you know, some really, you know, quite tough decisions as well. Uh, we're seeing a new, the new uh, C-suite starting to be formed. Three new hires uh, announced just before Engage there. And, uh, you know, Alan's message to to the world, if you like, is, you know, Avaya is back. Um, you know, there's still probably a bit of work to do there on, on uh, you know, earning some of that trust back from that from that customer base. But uh, what do we know about Avaya's customer base? Well, uh, a very impressive list of customers, uh, which um, don't seem to have gone anywhere, which I don't know if that um, speaks to the loyalty of the customers or just how difficult it is to remove uh, a big contact center <laughs> solution like Avaya, I'm not sure which. Um, but Melissa, you know, tell me what were your takeaways from the event? You know, what did you pick up for, from Engage uh, this week? Well, one of the things that I really was impressed with was the top to bottom 
absorption of, of the messages. So uh, Alan talked about being transparent, and I saw much more transparency from everyone that I talked to, um, even the customers that would talk about their experience. Um, it wasn't just a scripted, you know, rainbows and unicorn story. It was like, okay, here's what I really experienced. So, yeah, some, a lot of it was good, but, you know, we had some issues or whatever. It was very honest and very transparent and very refreshing from that perspective. Um, I do. Uh, th they're still working on getting the executive, the C-suite sorted and um, finalized, but they're now able to move forward now that the financials are, are settled. And... Um, with a streamlined product line and con being able to concentrate on specific market trends and, and things where, that they want to address, I think that they are really going to be able to move forward. In fact, one of the, the uh, presentations that I saw, the guy said it feels like being in Navy SEAL uh, training and you're at the very end and you can drop that 50-pound pack and sprint for the finish line. So that's what the employees are feeling, and and it showed. Um, there was definitely enthusiasm on the part of the employees, and um, I think that that innovation without disruption message resonated with a lot of customers. You know, maybe like you say, it's because it is so difficult to innovate without disruption that having a path is huge. So um, I think there was a lot of good stuff to see. I think that they do have. Um, product development to do, and, and and they know it and will openly admit it, but they're working on it, and they're just putting together sprints and then executing. So, so far, um, you know, everything I see is favorable. I don't know that they're where they need to be yet, but I think they're closing in, and I think there are market forces that may help as well. So, all in all, I would say it's a positive move and a good future for Avaya at this point, much better than it was a year ago. <laughs> Yeah, yeah it looked it looked pretty uh, bleak a year ago. Yeah, it did. And look, I mean, you and I have known a buyer for what twenty years, uh, either as a partner, consultant to, and or observer of. And um, one thing, you know, the great people. Whatever you think of the company's history, and the management changes, uh, they're really spectacular people within the organization. So you you know you want people to succeed. And I think Avaya is one of those companies that, for for many reasons, really has to succeed. I mean, you've got DoD customers, you've got mm -hmm. state, local, federal governments, you've got international governments. It would be really bad if if it didn't work out for those customers and others. So, you know, I think a lot of people are rooting for Alan. He's he's probably one of the most likable nicest persons in our industry, yeah. if that's if that yeah. means anything these days. And I, I think it still does. And um, it's going to be interesting to watch. I wasn't there. My, my invitation must have got lost in the mail. But <laughs> but I'll be watching and um, observing from the outside looking in. And uh, hopefully they get, they get back in the game in a serious way. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, you know, Alan Maserat, he has come out and been incredibly transparent, which I think he's needed to be. But uh, he's uh, he's not dodged any of the difficult questions, uh, which is really great to see, actually. Um, but one thing I do want to pick up on, actually, Melissa, is that those financials. Um, you know, Alan's been very keen to point out the strength of the financial situation as it stands today. Um, they haven't just come out of, of Chapter 11. They've come out and their balance sheet is suddenly looking incredibly buoyant. 
um, giving them that flexibility to go in, you know, do that product development you talk about and make those changes that need to be made. Um, and hopefully obviously keep attracting that talent. You know, the three new uh, C-suite uh, members, um, you know, that Alan's selected, um, you know, they speak volumes. These are people with some serious credentials. So uh, what are your thoughts on those financials, Melissa? You know, what's that going to enable Avaya to, to do now? Well, I, I don't know that I've followed any bankruptcy procedure where the <laughs> where they landed in a bed of roses at the end of it. It's, it's an amazing uh, flip on the, on the financials. Uh, not only the reduced debt but the increased cash it, it's um and alan says that it's indicative of the of the promise that the investors see in the company that they they see the potential and so they want equity instead of debt and and that's what really was the uh was the turnaround was the move from the debt into the equity so um they are ready to launch as far as the financial position. Um, they could not have ended up any better. I don't see how it could have been any better than what they did. Yeah. Well, um, we'll all be watching the uh, story of Avara as it unfolds uh, over the course of this year and beyond, I'm sure. Um, but we do obviously wish them well as well. So, um, Evan, Melissa, it's been a it's been a short, sharp conversation this week, but uh, we're hoping uh, to have a few more join us next time. Um, thank you so much for joining me as always and sharing some of your insights. Great, thanks for what you do. You guys are you guys are awesome. Agree. Thank you. And thank you for watching. You've been watching me, David Dungate, on UC Today. If you liked today's conversation, please give us a like and a share on social media. That's it from me. See you next time. <laughs>